0: Please turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We are looking at the subject of spiritual warfare, and at the moment we're looking at the whole armor of God. We are at the place where we're looking at the war shield of faith. I'd like to start by reading in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, where the Apostle Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That tells us the devil comes at you with all kinds of wiles. (laughs) Amen? All kinds of schemes and strategies and everything else. And he says in verse 12, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Can I stop there and just add this word in? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle. Did you get that? Okay? It says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood... And everything else just disappears. We need to get a hold of this, because we're talking about the war shield of faith today. And you need to know that there's some wrestling going on. <laughs> Amen? This this isn't something that, you know, this truly, this verse of scripture comes totally against this whole concept of if God wants it to happen, it will happen. You need to get this, because this tells us That we're in a war. If you're in a war and Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, it means that not everything that God wants to happen, happens. Because the thief intervenes and comes to steal, kill and destroy. Are you all with me? Amen. That's the reason why he's saying here, he's saying we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we do have a fight. And if we don't engage in that fight, then we're going to get taken down. Are you all here? However, there are times, (laughs) okay, that the fight might get a bit too much. Can I get an amen? Amen. That's where the shield of faith comes in. And that's why we're talking about it. So let me get to it today. But I wanted you to see this in verse 12. He says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's why he says in verse 13, again, therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Notice, he said you may be able to withstand, which means some don't. Can I sing a song? No, I should. Some believers do. Some believers do. No. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Need to wake you guys up. All right. <laughs> some will withstand and some will throw in the towel. Now, if you've been fighting and fighting, fighting and fighting and want to throw in the towel, fair enough. That's why it says we pray for one another. It's a funny thing. It's easier for me to pray for you sometimes than for myself. Do you know why? Because the devil can remind me of all the things that I did and why I don't deserve to get that. Even though I don't deserve it, Jesus does, and He gave it to me. See, we forget that. But when we're praying for others, we're generally praying, Well, Lord, you died, you paid the price, therefore that's theirs. When we start praying for ourselves, the devil comes and says, Yeah, but remember when you, and you go, Yeah, I remember that. You know, and all this business about Jesus paid for it flies out the window suddenly we are wondering whether we deserve it and why should god bless us and that's why we pray for one another because there's nothing the devil can use against you because i don't know what you've done hallelujah thank you jesus i don't need to know better for me not to know and i'll just keep praying like you're a saint that doesn't mean you don't tell me what your problems are but you i'm trying to say amen that's why it says don't judge Especially in prayer. Because it compromises your prayer and you pray stuff that you shouldn't be praying after a while. Because you take the place of God instead of just allowing God to be God. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. We're not preaching on that today. Back to this. He says here again, Therefore take up the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all. Notice, having done all. Stand. And then he says again, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Notice all of those are having in front of it. It means it already needs to be on. Verse 16, he says, Above all, taking the shield of faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Now, if he says, Above all, take the shield of faith, then above all, take the shield of faith. Okay, (laughs) don't leave that one down. And remember, we've been talking about faith in God. And after a while, it will become the faith of God, but you have to start with faith in God. And can I just say this, you never stop trusting in God. You never stop having faith in God. The faith of God is built on top of faith in God. And whenever your faith starts to waver, there's still faith in God. See, there is a part of faith that we haven't still understood. It's, It's like a muscle. I just want you to understand the difference between faith in God and the faith of God. Jesus looked at His disciples following the incident with the fig tree, and He said, have faith in God, but in in the Greek, it has both in it. He was saying, have faith in God, have the faith of God. That's what they heard. We only read, have faith in God. Do you understand? But what they heard was, have faith in God and have the faith of God. So he's saying, okay, trust in God, but also do this. You have to do this. You can believe. That's why he said, whoever... He didn't say now, only God can move this mountain. You know what? Let's go to Mark 11.23. I, I just feel like we need to be there for a minute. We're talking about the shield of faith. Just look at this for a minute. First of all, he says, have the faith of God. And then he says, for surely I say unto you, whosoever says to this mountain. He didn't say, whoever prays to God about this mountain. No. See that's what we subconsciously read in there. Did y'all get this? This is the reason why that statement just before he begins all of this has both thoughts in it. Have faith in God and have the faith of God. Because then he is going to start talking to you about the faith of God. They had, you know, some understanding about having faith in God. But they had no understanding about the faith of God. What is the faith of God? How does the thing work? So he's about to give him a quick lesson. And so he says, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says, shall come to pass. This is how God works. This is how the faith of God works. He shall have whatever he says. But you can't doubt in your heart. Thank God He didn't say, don't doubt in your head. Because that would have been a problem to a lot of people. He says, don't doubt in your heart. There are some things that your heart can manage that go beyond your head. Your head can be convinced, but your heart believes. You know, sometimes somebody might say something bad about someone, and you say, you know what, I refuse to believe that. Because in your heart you know them. You know they wouldn't do something like that. See, in your heart you believe. Even though they're trying to convince your head of something else, inside of you you believe. You just say, "No. I will not believe that Justin could do something like that." I don't care what you said. Yeah, but he was Shut up. I don't want to hear it. Okay, now I'm not burying my head in the sand. It's just, you know, some... let's not go there. Okay. <laughs> the important thing is Satan will throw things at you. To cause you to doubt and stop your heart from believing. He knows that if your heart is allowed to believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Not understands, but believes. So once again, he says here, above all, taking the shield of faith. Do you understand why now? It is something that you can do. It isn't just having faith in God, it is also having the faith of God. There there is something about this shield that has a duality to it. There are times when you can just go, you know what God, I just trust you to look after this. There are other times that you stand back and you say, no, in the name of Jesus, you will not come near my dwelling. Do you get the difference? One is faith in God, the other one is the faith of God. Notice I don't say to God, oh please Jesus, can you make sure the devil doesn't cross this line? Jesus, look at him and go, your nappy's falling again. My God, when are you going to grow up? No, he won't say that. No, he'll he'll always be there. But you, you know, you need to understand that we need to take a stand. That's the reason why he says, stand therefore. It wasn't about God standing, it's about you standing. And notice what it says. He says, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, let's look at your shield of faith. We need to understand the kind of shield that they're talking about. Because when Paul was talking about this, he had a very clear picture of what he was talking about. We don't generally carry these things around with us. Yeah, you know, they'll call you weird and lock you up. Okay, okay, alright. So, let's understand what he's on about here. The first thing that we need to understand is that the Roman soldiers had two kinds of shields. See, when we think of the shield, we'll, we, we see the one that they used to carry around as like an ornament. The decorative shield. The little itty circular one. Because they couldn't carry the other one. The other one was about 80 by 140 centimeters. It was very big. It was heavy. It would save your life. Actually, the word that they used was actually a Greek word that described a door. So it's like you're carrying your door around all over the place. Without the handle, of course. <laughs> okay. Do you understand? Do you get a feeling of the size of it now? Okay, and, and the reason it was so big was so that you could hide behind it. Alright, so let's talk about the two things, your shield and the things that were thrown at the shield. Okay, and then we'll draw some parallels to the spiritual world. So that you can begin to understand what's going on. One scholar explains it this way. The Roman war shield was made of two layers of laminated wood. Covered with first linen and then with hide. Then bound top and bottom with iron. With an iron ornament decorating the front of it. Another one says that it was composed of multiple layers, about six layers of thick animal hide, specially tanned and tightly woven together, so that they become nearly as strong as steel. Okay, so these are the shields that the Apostle Paul is talking about, either one or the other. They were both strong. All right. R. Kent Hughes adds to this, a man could put his entire body behind it as it absorbed the javelins and arrows of the enemy. In the case of flaming arrows, very often the arrows would snuff out as it buried itself in the thickness of the shield. During battles, these great shields would often bristle with smoking arrows. Does that sound like your shield? After you finish with the devil? Okay. So this shield was extremely tough. And exceptionally durable. And more than able to protect the soldier behind it from any and all attacks of the enemy. Now you understand why the Apostle Paul used this in terms of a shield of faith. He's saying that's what your faith is like. It is this kind of a shield that can take a beating and keep going. See a lot of times we take a beating and we can't keep going. Um, I'll put my hand up. Okay, all right. But this is talking about. Uh, but can you have you noticed that the shield isn't you? Let, let's stop for a second. I need to show you something here. Okay, all right. What happens a lot of times is we take the beating, that's why we can't go on. All the arrows are buried in us, we're bristling. <laughs> okay, the shield of faith. See, if the arrows got through to the soldier, then the soldier would be in trouble. The shield stops the arrows from getting to the person. So if things are getting to you, something is up with your shield. The thing isn't working the way it should. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? That shield needs to be something that you can actually hide behind. And no matter what the enemy throws at you, it doesn't affect you. None of the arrows burn you. They'll burn your shield. So, how do you separate yourself from your shield? We'll talk about that as we get to it. First, I need to talk about the arrows next, okay? So, what is it <laughs> that the enemy is firing at you? These fiery dots in Paul's day, okay? It actually has the word exploding arrows included in the description. So, this isn't like those little dots. Everybody thinks of the little dot board, and, okay? It, it isn't like that. Forget about the little darts. I don't care how you know, deadly they are. There's nothing like that. These things are arrows that are on fire. In fact, one of the scholars actually went on to say that they would have a kind of arrow that w- they would fill the shaft. This is very clever. They would, deadly, horrible, but clever. <laughs> they would fill the shaft with fuel with some sort of explosive material, they would shoot it so that when it hit the shield, the arrow would actually explode. And all of the, whatever the liquid was in there, would spread everywhere and set everything on fire. So when he's talking about these flaming arrows, that's what he's talking about. Things that would hit your shield and literally just cause an explosion, throw all sorts of ignition fluid all over the place, and set everything on fire. Why do you need to know that? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. See, a lot of times we don't understand what the Apostle Paul is saying, therefore we don't understand what kind of an attack we're under. So we don't know how to defend against it. We don't know to put up our shield when these things are coming at us. Because we don't understand this is what he was on about. In other words, the fiery darts... That the devil attacks you with include exploding arrows, which are not just designed to wound you, but set you on fire, and send you into a fit of carnality, igniting emotional outbursts from everyone around you, and causing all kinds of regrettable actions on everyone's part. That describes it well, doesn't it? That one came straight from God, okay? <laughs> all right. Once more, these fluid filled, fire bearing arrows were also designed to attack the enemy's greatest strongholds, places that were fortified and impregnable, and bring them down as quickly as possible. One of the scholars said if an army had fortified its position so the enemy could not easily break in to destroy it, then the enemy would revert to using these deadly arrows of fire, earning them the reputation of being the greatest terror of the day. You might say, Yeah, I I know some of those terrors. I got one living at home. No, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Listen, this can be anything. This isn't just about situations, sometimes it's people as well. That's why I said we need to understand something now. From a spiritual perspective, are you ready for this? The flaming arrows that the enemy attacks us with are such things as fear and doubt. One of the greatest problems that we have is when the enemy attacks us with fear or doubt, because fear takes everything down. Have you noticed? If you start to be afraid, you stop thinking. You stop trusting, because trust doesn't have fear in it. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you trust God, then you trust God. If you're afraid, then you're not trusting. It's just one or the other. Okay, now don't feel bad. Okay? Just understand that if you're in a place of fear, it means that you need to be built up a little bit more. Obviously, what faith you have in that area isn't strong enough to manage and handle what's coming at you. Isn't it wonderful that the Bible says, faith comes by hearing? It doesn't say that whatever faith you have, that's all you'll ever have for the rest of your life. It says, grow your faith. Faith comes by hearing. The more you hear, the more you grow your faith. But don't just hear for the sake of just hearing. Because some people say, well, you know, just listen to the word, listen to the word. Listen, can I say this to you? You can listen to the word, listen to the word, and it just flows over you like water off a duck's back. In Romans, when it actually says, faith comes by hearing and hearing, the second word hearing is understanding. In the Greek, what they're saying is, hear and get it. Hear and Understand how to apply this thing to your situation. Understand the power behind what you're hearing. And understand that it will overcome whatever you're dealing with. But the Word of God needs you to take it in. Remember Jesus said that whatever is in your heart, that's what works. Let me just continue on from here and then we get back to this. The flaming arrows also include tragedy, despair, criticism and rejection. These are all arrows that are aimed. Temptation and deception. The reason I put those two together, and I very carefully put these together, and I wish I had time to preach on all of these, (laughs) Okay, those two work really well together. You usually get tempted because you're deceived. If you're deceived, you get tempted. The thing works together really well. Satan can't take you down unless he can deceive you first. Do, Do you get me? Okay. These are arrows that come at you. Materialism and covetousness. They work together really well too. Have you noticed? Mm. You get covetous and you want everything in your life. You have to have things. And the more things you have, the more covetous you become. No touching. My things. (laughs) Okay, do you you get what I'm saying? Pain and suffering. Well, I think you can understand those two. Sickness and disease. Pride and arrogance. Boy, I tell you those two. Two of the worst things. And bitterness and unforgiveness. Those seem to be the arrows we carry around. Somebody does something, we get angry, and we carry it around with us. Some, some of us don't want to take the arrow out. Come on, can we? Uh, look, you're looking so saintly at me. Don't look so saintly at me. Come on, be real a little bit. Okay, some people do bad things to you, and you're mad, and you want to be bitter, and you want to be angry, and you want to, just, you want to have a grudge, and you don't want to talk to them, and you want to ignore them every time you see them. Because you know, you, you just cause them to suffer. Except maybe they don't care. And they're walking going around. what is what is their problem? So who's damaging who? You're just damaging yourself. Do you hear me? That's the reason why Jesus said, Just forgive, man, let it go. He says, In fact, if you don't, then God can't let go of your sin because he he told the story. Remember the story about the the servant that didn't forgive after he was forgiven this massive debt, and then he wouldn't forgive the little debt. And that's what Jesus was trying to say. The debt you owe God is so huge, it's ridiculous. And the things he's asking you to forgive other people of is so little compared to it. It's ridiculous. And he says, you want to hold on to those little things, then something worse is going to be held against you. And you don't want that. Peter T. O'Brien says this, Here the burning arrows depict in highly metaphorical language every kind of attack launched by the devil and his hosts against the people of God. They are as wide-ranging as the insidious wiles that promote them. And so Paul's expression conveys the sense of extreme danger. The forces of the evil one are incredibly powerful and left to our own devices, we would certainly fail and we need to get that. That's the reason why, you know, you look at the world, you look at a lot of things that go on, and you think that's not fair, that shouldn't be happening. That's why he said there is a fight going on here. If we don't know there's a fight, and we don't know how to come against it, we're going to get damaged. Amen? And so he says here, left to our own devices, we would certainly fail. But these flaming arrows cannot harm those whose trust and confidence are in the Lord and in His mighty power. That's verse 10. They are able to resist and overcome these satanic attacks. And they are satanic. See, that's why he started with, we don't fight against flesh and blood. I know we want to punch them out. I know we want to push their face in. But that's not going to accomplish what you need on the long run. What you need to do is find out what's driving that. And shut it down. That's what makes it so difficult. We walk by faith, not by sight. You hear? Okay. In short, this shield of faith was designed to stop the worst attacks that the enemy could possibly launch against you. Because unlike the Roman shield that was man-made, this is made by God. Amen? Now you need to get this. I need you to get this revelation right now. We've just spoken about a shield that was man-made that was almost like steel. That was almost impregnable. But this shield that you have is impregnable. It's made by God and there are no flaws in it. The only problem that we have is us. How we use the thing. If we don't use it the way God designed us to use it, if we... Can I just... (laughs) Oh, I just had a picture in my head. Let me share this with you. You know what we do? So there's the enemy shooting arrows at us. There's the person that he has been using to annoy us. You know what we do? We take our shield away from us that's protecting us and want to beat the person over the head. That's why Paul goes, put your shield back down. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's the problem over there. What is wrong with you people? (laughs) Okay? Are you getting this? Because we're running around with our shield. We're waving it around our head that won't do it! Amen? We got to stop doing stuff like that. That's the reason why we have to stop attacking people with our words. See, uh, we're releasing something every time we speak. While we're sending it all out, our shield is down. Now, if we focused on our enemy, we can do both things. But if our focus is divided, listen to me, united you will stand, divided you will fall. When your focus is united, you stand. You will attack in one direction. Because we are still to get to the sword of the spirit. Okay? So, you can have a shield. This is what the beauty of this thing is. You can have a shield and still beat the enemy senseless with your sword. How does that work? It's particle physics, baby. Okay, no. <laughs> right. You know, it's a funny thing that, you know, Jesus walked through walls. This armor is very interesting In that, you can, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Oh, you're all grown up, too much grown up. No, okay. He'll can, he'll manage this. Okay, if you can just imagine this, you have a shield that nothing can get through, but if your enemy is standing over here and he's trying to attack you, you can shove your sword through the shield and kill him. But he can't put his sword through your shield and get you. Did y'all get that? Some did, some didn't. Never mind. That's the kind of armor we have. That's when the devil goes, not fair. You say, shut up. You came to steal. You are the one that started this fight. I was was happy at home. But no, you have to come and bring this. So yeah, I will attack you and it won't be fair. Do you get it? God stacked the deck in your favor. He wants the devil to regret whenever he comes at you. Not the other way around. This is the reason why it says in 1st John chapter 5 verse 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What is it? Even our faith. That is both have faith in God, have the faith of God. They have to work together, family. When you have faith in God and have the faith of God, that's when your weapons start working in ways that they generally don't obey all the laws of physics. You can do stuff with them that the enemy will go, What is going on now? I haven't seen this before. And Jesus said, Greater works than these shall you do. Amen. You're going to live in a new covenant. I'm still operating under the old covenant. That's what Jesus was doing. He hadn't died yet. Do you understand? After he died, something incredible happened. All of that stuff came to an end, and it opened the door for us to do anything and everything. Just like in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then he got to man, and he said, take dominion, subdue the earth. And that has been reinstated. So when people are saying, you know, I don't want to believe in God because look at what a mess the world is in. Do you know what that actually is saying? They don't want to believe in God because we've done a lousy job. I'm just saying that we need to move towards greater faith. We need to push the boundaries. Let me give you one more revelation before we quit to help you with this shield of faith, all right? Do you know when Jesus said, And these signs shall follow those who believe. He didn't say, this is everything that will follow those who believe. He said, when you're believing, there are some signs. Uh, These are some of the signs. This isn't everything. These are just some of the signs when you start to believe. You'll speak in tongues, lay hands on sick, they'll recover. Drink deadly poison, they won't. These are just signs. Don't go, well, I'm there. No, no, no. He said, they're just signs. Don't stop at them. Keep going. He walked on water, He cursed fig trees, turned water into wine. The idea is this, all the stuff He did, fall under the signs. Do you hear me? If you're believing, there's signs. If there aren't signs, you still need to work on your believing. As you believe more, other signs will appear. And the more you believe, the bigger the signs. All they're doing is letting you know how far you're believing. How big is your shield? How great is your faith? The signs will let you know where you're at. Don't get a big head at any point. Because we're meant to continue on until we're doing the works of Jesus and more. So if you don't have any signs, work on it. And if you pray for somebody, okay, and it didn't quite work out, keep at it. If something bad happened, it was going to happen anyway. You you didn't promote that. Amen. So keep at it. These signs will follow those who believe. This is your shield. This is your faith. There is power there that you need to tap into. Amen? God will help you out. Have faith in God, but He wants you to grow up as well. Have the faith of God. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.